listen to we're we're talking football podcast i'm weston with me as always is lou lou pleasure to be here with you this evening really excited about some of our topics before we dive in how's it going it's going real well um you know i'm excited to i'm pleasantly surprised to be here today you know the over under on the number of podcasts we were going to do is a half that's what vegas (laughs) had it under and i'll tell you right now i had the under I took that. I took that action because no I liter- faith in me, Lou. No, no faith in myself. I literally thought you were going to last week. You were going to, you know, you know, throw a topic at me. I was just going to look at you with a blank stare, dumb look on my face, and just like, yeah, I'm not doing this. I'm going to get up and leave. So I had the under. Well, that didn't happen, thankfully, and I'm <laughs> glad to be back here with you for sure. Um, first order of business, I thought the the intro was super relevant to to the topic of discussion today because we are back for another episode. But more importantly, every time we hear that song, it actually reminds me that that must mean Tom Brady won another Super Bowl. And Ugh. in fact, that's exactly what happened on Sunday. So love to spend a few minutes there. Um Lou, we both had this wrong, so it's time for us to to take our L's. But I'll let you start off and give me a few moments on what you how you felt about the game and what you saw. Well, I was dreadfully wrong. Depends how you look at it. Uh, I you said, were dreadfully wrong. Yeah, so I took a, I'm taking a big L here uh, uh, on my uh, prediction of the game. I did say it wasn't going to be close, I, but you know, for the <laughs> Chiefs' favor, uh, you know, that all being said, um, pretty much, yeah, I was I was shocked. Um, I was shocked by how well, you know, Todd Bowles' defense played. Uh, you know, they normally blitz, and they're a blitz-heavy team. So even – listen, I said last week, right, that the Chiefs eat up teams that blitz, right? And they do. You know, Todd Bowles, you know, blitzes 42.3% of the time, which is the third highest, you know, in, in the league last year. And guess what Todd Bowles did not do this past week? I didn't see much blitz, much blitzing. I saw a lot of pressure with four. No, he blitzed five times the yeah. whole game. Uh, yeah. So kudos to Todd Bowles to literally change his whole philosophy there to you know st- uh, to stifle uh, you know Patrick Mahomes. They did a great job. A lot. Of, it was a lot of uh, cover two quarters play. Uh, you know, two deep safeties to try to eliminate the big plays, and they really did that. And also Devin White and Levante David uh, were able to neutralize, you know, Kelsey, though they did a fantastic job staying with him. And also I was kind of shocked. I was a little – wasn't sure if it was Reed's arrogance or maybe he was distracted uh, pretty much. He didn't help his tackles at all. No, There was no chipping, you know, throughout the game. So uh, he, he let them on islands and pretty much it showed. And I just was not – like I said – I'm not sure if it was arrogance or distraction because what happened to his son a couple of days before. Sure. So, uh, the, where was the screens? Where, you know, where was, you know, the running the ball to help neutralize that pass rush? Where was the, you know, the rollouts? A lot of things, you know, it just was a bad game plan, an arrogant game plan or a distracted game plan by Reed, in my opinion. 
Yeah, so uh, hats off to Tampa Bay's defense and, and Todd mm-hmm. Bowles. I wonder if Bruce Arians gave him the old no risk it, no biscuit uh, pep talk prior to the game and, and changing the philosophy, but they clearly had a solid, solid game plan. Um, while conceptually much different in terms of defensive alignment and things of that nature, I think they did pull a little bit from the previous Super Bowl, how the 49ers were able to contain the Chiefs essentially for three and a half quarters just by getting pressure with four people, right? Mm-hmm. If you can get after Mahomes um, and you get him on the run, the more people you can put into coverage, you account for all those weapons, whether it's Kelsey Hill, you know, Watkins, uh, Hardman, whoever it might be that's that's creating space on that team. One thing that was really telling to me was post-game. I think it was apparent to anybody watching this game that there was disorganization amongst the Kansas City Chiefs offense, which is not a staple of Andy Reid, right? Um, so I thought that was pretty pretty telling. And even more so to me, what I think had a, bi- a bigger impact in, in all reality, because I don't know if you caught any of this, but post-game with Mahomes. Oh, yeah. I've never really seen this individual point fingers before. As receivers, at his offensive line. At every person on the offense, not by name, but certainly by position. Listen, there's a lot of there's a lot of good reasons to be a quarterback. When you win, you tend to get a lot of the praise. But when so on the flip side of that coin, when you lose, it's only natural that you're accepting a lot of the blame. You and I watched it. We know the offense didn't play well. We know the line needed help and didn't get that help and nobody made a play for Mahomes. But to see somebody of his poise and his level of professionalism, like have that level of frustration, to me, I'm not I'm not knocking Mahomes for this at all. I would have probably have done the same thing if I was in that position. What I'm concerned of is like, or what I'm reading between the lines is like, wow, they really nobody was on the same page. They really had no idea what's going on. And that's why you see for the first time in his career, they don't score a touchdown, right? Like they he's never lost a professional game by less than one possession. And they got dominated the entire game. And that was Really telling to me. Um, I personally thought Mahomes played his his ass off. You know, like some of these throws that this guy made, like my God, like falling to the ground, hits Tyreek Hill in his face mask. Like he can't place it any better. Um, I just don't think his team helped him out. And you mentioned two names that, in my opinion, w- either one of them could have been the Super Bowl MVP. Obviously, they weren't because they're not Tom Brady. Because they're not a quarterback. Exactly. But Devin White and Levante David were all over the field. They played like rock stars. I feel honored that I even dropped. Devin White's name in our first cast when I was referencing that Jabril Cox is not him. Yeah. <laughs> and that was evident, right? So anybody who listened last week, I'm not saying Jabril Cox is that guy because that guy's different. But, um, you know, we're, we're, we're humble people here, so we'll take our L's in stride. It won't stop us from predicting games. We'll be right. We'll be wrong. But we well, were wrong this time. Well, I'm not humble. Even when I'm wrong, I'm right. And like I said, um, the Chiefs would have beat them if they blitzed. But they didn't. And, you know. No. Yep. Coulda, woulda, shoulda, but didn't is what that always comes down to. All right, awesome. I'm glad we got into the Super Bowl. Um, Lou, we got a lot to talk about Um, tonight. We want to talk about quarterbacks. um, And that carousel. That carousel. I think we're – it's funny because the more I look into this, I feel like we're in unprecedented territory with changes that could happen. But in reality, the more I look at it, I'm like, hmm – I feel like some teams might like stay pat, you know what I mean? Because it's like the temptation is there, but do you go touch the fruit? You know, like what? And so I won't give it away because we're going to talk about that. So leading into the quarterbacks, obviously something's already gone down. So the trade between the Detroit Lions, um, Los Angeles Rams, 
Stafford for Goff is what it is on surface, but in reality, it's Stafford for Goff, two first round picks and a third round pick. Love to hear your feedback. Love to, um, and when I say feedback, give me your, your analysis of it, but also, you know, throw out a grade for me for both teams. All right. Well, I actually loved what the Lions did. Uh, cause, cause they get a, a, a starting quarterback that is pretty much, you know, that can help them. You know, either numerous ways. Either a, he can you know resurrect his career under a new you know uh, location, new uh, coaching, and what have you. Or b, he can be a good bridge quarterback. Uh, you know, they do have an early pick this year. You know, the Lions, but it gives them flexibility. So pretty much what I'm what I'm saying is this: if they miss out on one of those big four quarterbacks coming out in the draft, so be it. They have someone you know under center that can you know is not totally inept. So it doesn't force them to, okay, I got to go trade up and, you know, pick up, you know, pick up one of these guys because, you know, they're not going to fall to me type of thing. So it gives them flexibility uh, with that. Also, I'm going to argue with, you know, with some people, are the Lions offense more talented than the Rams offense? You can make an argument if they re-sign Kenny Galladay. Like, let's say if they, uh, you know, get a receiver in the early rounds of the draft, they have Swift, they have Hawkinson. You can certainly make that argument that they could be possibly uh, you know, better skill position wise than, you know, the Rams. So maybe Goff will have more, you know, success, uh, when it comes to, you know, the change of scenery out in, uh, Detroit. And this is what you got to do. Listen, they signed Dan Campbell as a head coach for a six year deal. Six years. He's taking your kneecaps, Lou. <laughs> they're signing him for six years. This is how you support your, you know, your coach for, you know, and try to set him up for, for uh, future success. Uh, some people think, oh, why didn't you take the first round pick, you know, that the Panthers were offering, right? Sure. Well, this gives you more draft capital for the future. So this gives you, they have a tremendous amount of holes on that team they need to fill. And that, that one additional first round pick was not going to be enough. So they, not only do they get the quarterback, they get additional draft capital to help, help them out, fill all their needs. So if I, you know, they actually went from a possible rebuild and it actually looks like they're just doing a retool. So it's not as painful for the fan base and maybe for the team as well. What's your thoughts? What would you think about it from the Rams' perspective? I'm curious there. Well, first, uh, the Lions, I gave them a grade of a B plus. Okay. So uh, it's very hard to get A's, you know, you know, in my opinion. Uh, for the Rams, you got to take it for what it's worth. Everyone's, you know, saying that the Rams don't have, you know, a first-round pick, you know, until like the year 2050. I get it. I get it, right? But listen, this does some positives for the Rams, Okay, so McVay finally gets that quarterback to stretch the field. Goff was not that guy. He was too hesitant, didn't have the arm strength. And so basically, McVay finally gets his guy. And you know what it also does? It avoids that rumor mill. Yep. Got to think about it. There's already rumors that uh, there's going to be a quarterback battle, you know, in the L.A. Rams, uh, with the L.A. Rams. So it, it helps to avoid that distraction that was going to be annoying throughout the season. So that's another thing that you got to look from a positive standpoint if you're an L.A. Ram fan. And also, listen, they're trying to push all the chips in the middle. Nope. They're, they're trying. Listen, they have a they're win now. Yeah, they're, they're, win they're, now. they're obviously win now. Uh, they're trying to win the L.A. market. Uh, and this is a one way to do it. And listen, the NFC, there's no single dominant team out there in the NFC. So, you know, it's basically it's prime for the taking. So this is them ability to try to throw their hat in the ring and trying to get to that next Super Bowl again. 
And this has worked somewhat in the past. Yep. Manning and the Broncos. It just happened this year. Brady, yep. you know, in the Bucks. So this has showed I, some. I, I don't want to put Stafford into the same bucket as Manning or, or, or Brady, but I understand oh. what you're saying, mm-hmm. right? Like, is that quarterback the one that's going to get an already talented team mm-hmm. over the hump? Because that's what I believe the Rams are. They're an already talented team mm-hmm. that are primed to win now. And you mentioned they don't make first round picks. Clearly, they don't value first round picks because you well, can swing picking, or miss. They're always picking in the twenties anyway. Competitive team. Um, the, in fact, their last first round pick was in 2016, and they just traded him away. Mm-hmm. And they won't have a first round pick as of right now until 2024. Um, I actually love this trade for both teams. Okay. Um, I'll start with the Rams. I I. I believe that towards the back end of the season, um, and, evid- and evidence of this in the, the playoff game was that Goff was not progressing them. He was holding them back. And I'll have this conversation about a few quarterbacks coming up. But for the Rams, I totally think this is worth it. You alleviated a massive contract that nobody wants from Jared Goff, where people are like, oh, the Rams can't make this trade. Like They're locked into this guy. They just invested in him. Well, they proved you wrong. I... Love Matthew Stafford as a quarterback. So having him, like, I already think that's an improvement. And they didn't give up any of the pieces that are already on this team. Like, with that defense, if you have an offense that's putting up 25, 28 points a game, you're going to win more often than you're going to lose. So I love it. And I I don't want to hear anybody say they're mortgaging their future. They're mortgaging their future. Salary cap is not real. Draft picks are not real. It's it's a draft picks are a pipe dream, right? Is what it comes down to. So for the Rams, I would actually grade this an A. On top of the fact, on top of the fact that McVeigh had already come out. You've mentioned controversy. McVeigh had come out and publicly criticized his quarterback about protecting the football football, and being a better football player. This is the NFL. It's a ton of personalities with super sensitive personalities. It, it was time to go. It was time yeah. to make the move. And this gives McVay the quarterback that he's never had. I would argue that McVay made Goff this, this, um, help the success that he had. Stafford has made his own success. Good thing. So on the Ram, on the Lions side, I'm equally as bullish. Is Jared Goff the solution to their problems with a fresh start? 100% no. But they get a bridge quarterback. If the if the chips fall right, they can still take a quarterback with that seventh yep. pick, right? Or they can leverage the other assets that they just acquired to move up and go get their guy and not force that rookie to play right away. Jared Goff is serviceable. Yes. And that's the key here. They took on a massive contract. Doesn't matter. They have massive cap. Even if they right, they're you mentioned Dan Campbell signing a six-year contract. They don't have to win in 2021 for him to stay. And this mm-hmm. is becoming the precedent. Like, I find a coach I believe in. I'm going to invest. Give him the long term. Let him actually see his plan through. Just like in Carolina. Yeah. Matt Rule. And I think this is – I mean, Shanahan started this, right? Mm-hmm. Six years. Him and Lynch coincide. Now everybody's getting five, six-year contracts. So – now, the following year, you got two firsts. The year after that, you got two firsts, right? You just have so much leverage to go find those people that you want. Am I calling it an A for the Lions? No, because I just don't really like Jared Goff all that much. I would say this is a solid B-plus transaction okay, for so me. That's where we agree. For for the Lions specifically. They will be serviceable in the interim, and they're getting all the – all the collateral they need to be able to 
impact their roster in the short term and long term alike. Okay, so we agree with the Lions. We both feel like they got a B plus. Yep. I'm gonna disagree with you with the the Rams. Listen, you gotta understand C's average, right? You know, so yep. I've, you know, so I've been told I've never gotten C's in my life before. So I heard C's are average, right? So I actually would give them a C plus grade. Uh, the reason being, the one drawback of this trade is how are they going to add talent to this roster? Uh, the uh, the Rams without a draft picks or cap space. They, like, how are like? Listen, I get it. I get it. Like you know, draft picks don't always amount. I get that because there's usually only like twelve to fifteen first round graded draft picks. And, you know, there's not thirty one first you know first round graded uh, draft picks. So I get that. But it's going to be challenging to actually add to this team because you're, you mentioned the defense before, but they're going to lose Leonard, Fo- uh, Leonard Floyd because they can't afford him. They're going to lose Josh Johnson, their, their good uh, free safety, because they can't afford him. So where are they? How are they replenishing these players? So that's why I give it a C plus because Stafford could enhance the offense, but they might have some other places deficiencies. This is an offense-driven league. You take a playoff team plus or minus a few factors, and you bring in evidently a better quarterback and a better leader and someone with his level of experience and success in the NFL just from a, like, I'm on the field every game. I play through ridiculous injuries. I just believe that takes them there. And you did mention names that the Rams are going to lose. I agree with you. Every team has attrition, right? You lose every year. Um, But you retain Aaron Donald and you retain Ramsey. But you know, there's like That's nine other guys you got to put out there. <laughs> totally understand that, but not <laughs> superstars at those positions make or break defenses. Of course, of course. So if they were top five this year, so what? They're top seven or eight next year, and now you have Stafford to go with to pair up with that offense. I just I believe in it. Cam Akers, another year in the league, you know, got his experience that towards the end and, and flourish. I just we could probably spend all night on this yep. this one alone. So let's not do that, but. Let's just say we agree from the Lions' perspective and we disagree from the Rams' perspective, and yes. that's why we carry these conversations, yep. mainly for the disagreement. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> Perfect. So we led into the quarterback um, topic by discussing what's already taken place. Um, coming into this, we talked about maybe identifying those 8 to 10 teams that could be in play for quarterbacks themselves um, this season, whether that's by speculation, whether that's by obvious need. Um, we identified those teams coming in here. Let's not rattle them all off you know, by list right now. I'd love to... Yeah, let's do like a sexy unveil of each Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So let's put ourselves on the clock here though too, right? Let's, let's, let's cap ourselves at a, a few minutes here apiece or in totality to, to run through. And yeah, this is our famous lightning round yep. we just came up with uh, about five minutes ago. Exactly. <laughs> I'm literally on the drive here. Um, but hey, some of the best ideas come as you're walking into the studio. Exactly. And speaking of the studio, shout out to a shared studio, uh, Universe uh, and, and Ming for taking care of us. How awesome is this that we get to be in a studio environment versus, you know, like in our basement and just like talking through FaceTime or something along those lines. I hope to be able to have those opportunities. But as we're getting our feet wet here, like how great does this feel? And let's go ahead and shout out the wives too, because they let us leave the house to yeah. be able to do this. So. <laughs> Big props to them. Maybe we'll have them on one day and and you know get some lady listeners uh, for us. But Lou, take us through our, our first team here. So I had the pr- privilege of taking the Chicago Bears, and the first thought in my head the when it comes privilege, com- the privilege. I, I use that hundred percent. Sorry, yeah, loosely, <laughs> and I'm um, being hundred percent sarcastic. So uh, the first thing that came to my head when analyzing the quarterback situation of the Chicago Bears is 
This is what happens when you leave a head coach and a general manager as a lame duck. You start getting you start getting desperate and you start doing stupid things because you know g- get ready Bears fans some stupid stuff's about to happen. So currently, who's under contract for them is uh, a guy with a great nickname. Not sure we really can say it on this podcast, but we won't. We'll just go with BDN. Yeah, uh, Nick Foles. He, he has uh, two years left on his. Uh, Two years left on his deal. So he's currently pretty much uh, their starting quarterback for the time being. Now, what I think they should do or should have done, they had they should have fired Bears GM Ryan Pace and head coach Matt Nagy because they're just out to save their jobs now. Yep. That's all this is about. They're out to save the, their jobs. They should have hired a new coach, a new general manager. And from my point of view, keep, keep Foles. Once again, he's a veteran, but also bring in someone like Young that's like uh, someone young but has some experience like Darnold. Basically, that will give you a quarterback room that has a veteran and also young, you know, a uh, young quarterback that has a higher ceiling. So, and let them battle out in camp and see who wins it. It's not going to cost you as much as maybe another guy that's out there that they're sniffing around. But that's why I think they should do, that should have done. Get rid of uh, management, head coach. Hire a new coach, get Darnold, trade for Darnold, and let him battle with Nick Foles. Okay. Uh, so I'm, a, I'm on the opposite school of thought on what they should do if I'm the acting general manager in this particular instance. Um, I know they picked 20th in the draft. I don't know if I'm in the, they're in a position to give up assets anymore to, to go get that guy, whomever that guy might be, whether it's Wentz or, or Darnold. Um, while I am the – Biggest critic of Nick Foles, I think he shines when he there's no pressure on the table. Like I'm the backup quarterback, I'm filling in for Carson Wentz. He only shines in Philly, yeah, (laughs) and sporadic at that. Um, Obviously, the guys won a Super Bowl. I'll give him that, but I think I think I'm looking to see where I can secure some young talent to the draft, even if it's mid-round, and I'm letting it fall out with Foles because if it doesn't play well, I'm drafting really high again next year, yep. and that's where I'm going to make my move. I don't want to give up my assets to to go get somebody else. Um, that's my thought. I'd maybe even kick the tires on bringing Trubisky back on a fifth-year option, Ooh. but I also know that he doesn't want that. They don't want that. And when I say I know that, I mean I'm reading that, right? I don't have any you've inside been, sources. You've, you've the been Chicago down Bears. that road before, though. You've been down. But sometimes the devil you know is better than the devil you don't. Yeah. Always remember that, right? Like, again, I use terms like serviceable. All right. So we've we've covered what we think they should do. What will they do? Uh, they are going to trade for Carson Wentz, 100%. Uh, they're going to hope, you know, out of sheer desperation, they're going to hope that they can, you know, rekindle that Wentz magic that he had a couple years back. And it's going to be completely idiotic because Carson Wentz equals Mitchell Trubisky or Mitch Trubisky, whatever the name is going by. And I'm, I'm, you're saying, oh, that's just a blanket statement, but I looked at some stats and I was, no, it's not. They literally equal each other. So, Mitchell Trubisky was accurate on 46.2% of the times on throws beyond the line of scrimmage, meaning like not screens. Yep. Carson Wentz was accurate, 45.4%. Okay. Less than a percent right there. Let's play a game of higher or lower right now, Weston. Trubisky was ranked 30th from 2018. Yep. That means yeah, we have to wrap it up. From 2018 to 2020, he was accurate. He was the 30th ranked uh, passer in accuracy from a clean pocket with a 59% accuracy rating. What do you think, higher or lower, was Wentz? Lower. 
He was. He was lower. He was he was ranked fifty seven percent, which was lower than not only Trubisky but Winston and Cam Newton. Okay. Wentz has an eighty nine point two percent, eighty nine point two career passing rating. Trubisky eighty seven point two. They're literally going to trade for the same player. Okay. I. <clears throat> So we got to move on. I'll give you what I think they'll end up doing as well. Um, I think they stay with Foles. I, I just think that's – I think they stay with Foles. Oh. I think, again, I, I'm looking at this like what does 2022 and beyond look like for us? Like let's just be serviceable in 2021 so our fans continue to root for us and maybe come to the games if we can have them there in the stadium. I don't – I don't. I understand the desperation point. I just – I agree with you. Like I, I just – I agree with you that they're gonna they are desperate and they want to make a desperate move because they're playing for their jobs. I just think at the end of the day, with what they have to give up to go get something like this, there's they're they're playing false. That's my opinion. Yep. All right. So So who do you got? So I have the Colts. All right. I'm actually relatively excited about this. <clears throat> so currently on the roster, you got Brissett and Jacob Eason. I'll focus on Brissett. I've always felt Brissett was a serviceable serviceable quarterback. Um, 2019, right? 3,000 yards, 18, pit, 18 touchdowns, six picks. 2017, another 3,000 yards, 13 touchdowns, seven picks. Like, to me, he, he could play the game of football. Like, we know his pedigree. We know all of that. Good uh, spot starter. Good spot starter. They have the, the 21st pick overall. What I am doing, if I am <clears throat> their GM, I'm going to get Carson Wentz. Did you say Mitchell Trubisky or Carson Wentz? I, I, said, I said Carson Wentz. Oh, okay, okay. I want to reunite Went Based on the talent pool that's out there, based on attainability, why would I not want to reunite Frank Reich with Carson Wentz when Carson Wentz had his best years? I have to believe as a coach, as a play caller, I did that once with an individual. I should absolutely be able to do that again. That's my thought, right? That's just my, my thought, and I'm saying – that's what I would do. He's the best fit. I have the first round asset where I'm not giving up a top 10 pick to go find this person. I'm giving up the 21st pick overall is probably what it's going to take. The Colts are a win now team as well. In my opinion, they are, they're built to, to, to win right now. Like they have as they have players at all positions across the field. I know that's the, the AFC South was, was tricky this year about like who squeaked in, who did not. Um, but to me, they're a playoff caliber team. They almost beat the Bills in yeah. Buffalo. I did not like them bringing in Phillip Rivers. I'm sorry. I just didn't think that was the right move for them at the point in time. But based on what was available, and if I'm looking at right now based on what's available and what makes the most sense based on who I have, I'm, I am going out of my way to go get Carson Wentz. Well, that seems to be the popular trend. I get the Frank Wright, Carson Wentz you know, marriage. I Listen, I get that. Uh, that's not what I would do, in my opinion. Uh, I would not try to trade a first-round pick for a player that not only is regressed, but, uh, I mean, the guy had like a, a fractured back, you know, a messed up knee. Huh. So now you're taking an older player that hasn't been playing well, that has some mileage on. So you're going to hear this a lot for me. Uh, this is a little foreshadowing, but go get Darnold again. And let me tell you why, okay? I get it. I get it. They're a win-now team, right? But guess what they have? They have $69 million in cap space. Yep. So why don't they do something the Jets messed up and didn't do? Get Darnold and build around him. Isn't that a, that's a crazy thought. Go get additional receivers. Go get, they don't need, need too much. They, their defense is loaded. You know, you can still draft some linemen to help, you know, to help Darnold out, but go build a team around Darnold and watch Darnold flourish. I'm telling you, that's exactly what would happen if he goes, if he went to the Colts. Okay. So let's talk about, what they will do. 
You go first on what they will do. Uh, I think I think they go Darnold, and let okay. me tell you why. I think they're turned off about um, being a, uh, a competitor against the Bears. I also think they don't want to give up too much, too many uh, assets, you know, to get an aging, banged up re- player regressed uh, Carson Wentz. Uh, you know, their GM said, you know, something that like, you know, last year was uncharacteristic of us for giving a first round pick for uh, a player like Buckner. They're 100% happy and stoked to have As him. As they should be, because he is a first round player. But he day. does not like giving up first of round course. picks. Well, for, and especially, why would you give that for an older player as opposed to Darnold? And also, the, the Colts and Jets ha- do have some history together when it comes to trading. How do you think the Jets got Darnold? Yeah. That, hey, fair point. Um, I think the Colts are the antithesis of the. Los Angeles Rams and the value of first round draft picks. I think like teams are just divided on this. Um, what I think they will do or what I think will ultimately happen is I wouldn't be shocked if it's Jacoby Brissett and a rookie somewhere. A yeah. Yeah. I think, I think you got I mean, Jacob Eason is not the answer, right? Like he's on your roster, but he is not going to be your starting quarterback. He will not be a starting quarterback in this league. Um, I believe I, I like J- Jacoby Brissett. I think he's serviceable. I think there was ample opportunity this year to give him more playing time when Philip Rivers was doing 37, 38 year old Philip River things like in the games. Um, and but since they were competitive, they they certainly didn't want to yank the chain. So I think I think Brissett comes back. I think he gets a year. Um, just my thought. But we'll uh, I, I digress. Let's go ahead and jump into. Number three. All right. So I am the Houston Texans. Thankfully, I'm not. I'm, <laughs> I'm obviously one of the most poor ran franchises in NFL. Uh, currently under contract, they have some guy by the name of Deshaun Watson. Never heard of him. Never though. heard of him. I heard he's okay. You know, uh, he's under contract. What position does he play again? Quarterback. <laughs> uh, no. So they have Deshaun Watson under contract for four more years. And um, unless you're living under a rock, you know what's going on with Deshaun Watson. Not happy. They you know they asked. He has to be part of their, you know, process when it comes to hiring a GM and a head coach. They said, yeah, we're going to, you know, we'll allow you to do that. And then they totally, you know, ghosted him, and ignored him. And pretty much, uh, you know, that's how we got to this, you know, this uh, rift in this marriage. What I think the Texans should, should do, they play hardball with Watson. You know, Watson can lose $20 million, $21 million this year in fines if he sits out. You think he's going to want to pass that money up? I don't think so. You can't. They can't trade Watson. They can't. This guy is arguably the second best quarterback of the league. He's young. He's on a good deal, like you said before. How do you trade a guy like this? You're never going to get equal value for something like this. You yep. you spend your whole time coming into you know the league trying to find that quarterback, and guess what? They have him, and he's the face of the franchise. Watt is uh, JJ Watt is on the back nine of his career. Who else do they have on that team that? You know, with the cheeks in the seats, and also that actually be marketable. You have to, you have to keep Watson. I I, I agree. I think go to you, marriage counseling. Yeah, you do everything within your power to keep a player like Deshaun Watson on your team and happy. That being said, um, I, I see a lot of transitioning happening in the NFL that like takes place in the NBA, where oh, I'm unhappy and I want out and. A problem today might be a much larger problem tomorrow. So, like, do we nip it in the butt right now and just get what we can get? 
But that's the thing that causes me to lose sleep at night if I'm the Houston Texans is I will never get Deshaun Watson in return for Deshaun Watson, no matter how many picks you give me. And I believe this guy is a generational quarterback. He brings a very unique skill set to the team. That being said, he doesn't have all the accomplishments yet that you would want. Let's, Let's say that's team deficiencies and other things along those lines. But if you're asking me what should be done, they should be keeping Deshaun Watson. If you're asking me what will be done, Deshaun Watson will be moved and he'll be moved for, I believe, or what I would be accepting of is three first round picks. There are team, there are two teams in mind that have the collateral to do Don't this. Don't give too much away. I'm not going to give it away. And they also have an asset, a player to give with those types of picks that they have that, again, could be serviceable, could be future. There's a, a lot of different things there. But I, I personally believe if I'm the Texans, who have been just relinquishing picks and players for the last few years now, I got to recoup some of that. I'm a brand new coach. Like I got to recoup some of that. And now might be the my best opportunity to recoup some of that. So if somebody's going to give me three firsts, I and a player, I got to listen. Yeah, but the issue is with getting all those draft picks. I feel like teams that get all those draft picks, seldom do they ever materialize anything. Look what the Rams when they traded up. Uh, like I think seldom. I feel like they always mess up on those draft picks. They get too cute. Uh, what I think they're going to do, and I told you not to give too much away, um, I'm actually going to do the complete opposite. It's been reported. You're going to give it away when you tell me not to oh, give it away? Yeah, well, yeah, I'm selfish. Well, you have I, four I wa- seconds I, wa- I want the limelight. <laughs> Hold on there. Don't change the subject now. Well, it's been reported by Matt Miller, who used to write for Bleacher Report, that the Texas GM, Nick Casario, uh, loved Tua coming out of college when, he was with, uh, when uh, Nick Casario was with the Patriots. All right? So he loved Tua, but they were in no position to snag him. They're gonna. The Texans are going to drag this out. All right, they're going to wait to the last minute to try to, you know, go to marriage counseling and see if they can, you know, make this thing work, baby type stuff. And they're also going to buy them some time to look at the prospects coming out of quarterback prospects coming out of this draft. But ultimately, they are going to trade into the Dolphins. I feel like for Tua, those and those first, those three first round picks, and probably a fourth for next year too. And yeah. this will help them rebrand, rebrand, and rebuild quickly. But one other thing it's going to do is solve their cap issues because they're $13 million over the cap. So this will help them uh, free things up in the future for them too. Yeah, I, I think my – so yeah, I, I didn't want to give that away, but I really feel like that's probably one of the teams that is in the mix just given what we know they have to give up, right? Some some Cinderella team can sweep in here and say, I will mortgage my future because Deshaun Watson is going to put me over the top and I can't wait to watch that. But on paper – I think there's two very logical scenarios that support a trade with the Houston Texans to get to them. Who's the other one? Well, that leads me into the next team here. So if we're talking about it, it's the New York Jets. So J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Current state, Sam Darnold. I think Joe Flacco is still under contract. I think that has literally nothing to do with their future. Obviously brought in a new head coach in Robert Sala, who's a fiery guy, a disciplined guy. Uh, a player's coach guy. Um, so congratulations to him because I think it's a great opportunity for him to go to a young team with a lot of assets uh, to really help him build, right? Yeah. To really help him rebrand the the organization. Because I, you know, we're local to the Jet fans here and they've been in a fiery disaster for quite some time. For like 60 years, I think. Yep. Right? So new coach. Yes. <laughs> it's been a long time. Um, new coach. What should be done? What I'm doing, if I'm Joe Douglas, right, 
I'm rolling with Darnold. I'm rolling with Darnold. I think Darnold's gotten a bum rap with like, has he had growing pains? Like, of course, like every rookie has and every rookie should. But I believe I think he has a really good skill set. Um, he played at top level um, from a, a college perspective. I think Adam Gase is a joke of a coach and ran a it almost like it was when I was watching the offense at the end of the year. I felt like he was doing it on purpose. Like, that's how bad this offensive game plan was called. Um, I, I think I think Darnold can do that for them. Now, interesting, like they pick two. They have an opportunity to evaluate some of these quarterbacks. But we're going to talk about a scenario here in just a moment where my belief for that scenario is different than my belief for this scenario. My belief for this scenario is you build around a guy like Sam Darnold on a rookie contract for another year. Um Obviously, if he doesn't overperform, you're not now, you don't have to pay this guy $35 million a year and any count for more than 15% of your cap moving forward. So if it's me, I'm rolling with Darnold and I'm using the assets I've acquired through the Jamal Adams trade and, and my poor play last year. And I'm getting this guy some playmakers. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm going to actually say I 100% disagree with you. I'm not surprised. <laughs> Listen. Uh, they need to go uh, push the chips all in and go get Watson. Listen, they have sixty-seven million dollars in cap space, so not only can they they have the cap the draft capital to get Watson, but then they have the money to go make Watson feel fuzzy inside and get some playmakers. So um, they have to go get Watson. Not only that, it also kind of blocked Miami from getting Watson too. Uh, this was you know listen, there's no more Brady in that division. This is a time they really need to step up and like. You know, take ownership and really try to compete to win that division because, you know, the big bad Belichick Brady combo is gone. It's, it's slayed. You know, I, this is the downhill of, of a, a dynasty. Yep. So I personally think, you know, they need to go get Watson and just think of the marketing. Watson oh, in, yeah. New in New York. Are you out of your no mind? Doubt, no doubt. That's crazy. So it's funny because we agree and disagree and we're having this banter back and forth. But when it, when the chips fall, they're going to go trade for Watson. That, that's literally what I have written down, what they so will do. Wow. But that's not what I would do. So they will go get this man for all of the things that you just said. I'm a new coach. I'm going to rock the boat. I got a contract that's going to support me to be here for a while. And I'm going to hang my hat on this guy. I'm going to. So that's that's what I think will happen. Um, but if it's me, that's not what I do. See, no, I actually disagree with you. I think Joe Douglas Parts with Darnold. Listen, you're talking about like go get players around him, but that's what you would do. Go get talent. They had four years to do that. Three, yeah. four years. Why haven't they done it yet? So you're going to say they're, they're, they're going to move on for Darnold and they're going to draft a quarterback. I'll, they, they will draft Zach Wilson from BYU, in okay. my opinion. Is Zach Wilson capable of being Deshaun Watson? No. However. So go get, go hold, get Deshaun hold Watson. Hold on, though. However, though. He's been getting a lot of praise in the media, obviously, by Daniel Jeremiah and also Ryan Clark of ESPN. Names are getting thrown around with giving a comp for Zach Wilson, Aaron Rodgers. From the arm talent alone. And I get it. And don't you don't have to understand you have to understand. Bro, just, that man is 37 and just won the MVP of this I get league. It. Like, I, well, I'm talking about from arm talent. Okay. There's also decision making, accuracy, stuff like that. Chip on your shoulder, playing with that. Like and you have to doesn't see his what granddaddy j- own Jet Blue? Like this dude has not had to grind like Aaron Rodgers had to grind. Listen, I actually love Zach Wilson. I'm gonna talk about him in a moment here, but because we got to wrap up and we got to go to the next one. You're saying, just to recap, you're saying they move on from Donald. Get a Darnold, first and a fourth. They draft. Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson. End of story. They didn't lose all their assets. They're still building. Yes. Love it. All right. 
go get Deshaun Watson. All right, so Lou, next team up, because I have a feeling this is going to be a very similar conversation path. We're actually staying in the AFC for the Miami Dolphins. The uh, AFC East, AFC nonetheless. East, yes. Uh, who's under contract? We all know it's Tua. I'm not going to pronounce his last name because I would butcher it. But he's under contract for three to four years. Depends if you if they take his fifth year option. Uh, what they should do now, Wes. Now looking at my notes right here, the first bullet point I have. This is hard. What they should do. I'm. I was totally conflicted. It's not hard at all. Yeah. Uh. But I, what I think they should do is stay the course with Tua. And let me tell you why. I know you're gonna. I know. Bro, I know. when is it my turn? Okay. Hold on. <laughs> yeah. Sit down. So I know you're gonna be pissed about this. But the reason why you stay the course with Tua is because they don't have the same at, uh, resources as the Jets. They have the draft capital, yeah, but they don't have the cap space. They have uh, 27 million in cap space. So. You have to understand, bringing Watson over could eat into that cap space. Will they really be able to build around Watson? Now, who's who's there in Miami that really gets you excited? Devontae Parker, yep. who has a good skill set. However, the guy's always hurt. You have Mike Isecki, once again, a good tight end. But outside of that, what do they have? So they're going to trade away all these picks, right? Not get uh, talent to support Watson. It's going to be Houston 2.0 all over again. And so pretty much that is why I'm thinking, uh, you know, they don't go with Watson when all said and done is because of the, the they don't have the similar resources of the Jets. And if you look up to his stats, statistically speaking, he's literally ranked dead middle in rookie quarterbacks drafted in the first round from the last 10 years. So and that was with a horrible offense, no offseason workouts whatsoever. All right. And a poor offensive coordinator. You got to give him another shot. And that, that that's my personal opinion. So I'm going to do this backwards just for this one because, Lou, you and I have been having this conversation offline, obviously, for months now, specifically about this team. And what they will do is they will stay with Tua and they will build around them. I, 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 I agree that that's going to be the ultimate outcome. If, again, if it's me... Two is not my answer. And you've been hearing me say this. This is not anything new to you. Um, he does not pass my eye test for so many different reasons. I don't want to hear about no training camp. I don't want to hear about um, coming off like of a major injury. Like who's to say that major injury does not literally plague him for his entire career. I And I think the world of this man as an individual and everything that I saw, like he is a bright star for the NFL from a personality perspective, but he is not going to be what they hope and dream he's going to be. And I could be completely wrong. And I'm sure 98% of the people that might even listen to this are going to disagree with me. I'm just telling you, he is not the answer. I could not, I did not see this guy push the ball down the field once. I don't care who his weapons are, who his targets are. It wasn't even attempted to do. These are still Let's always keep something in perspective. But you don't. But hold on, though. You don't know if that's from Tua's standpoint or from the coach putting him on a short leash. A, a short leash. No, I know that's not from the coach because when they needed to go win games, they pulled him out and they put Ryan Fitzpatrick in to go win them the games. Right? That somebody who will take that chance and do that. So I have to believe. You're not just saying let's take a chance in the fourth quarter. You're saying let's take a chance all game, every game. They have a very solid defense, right? That can keep them in games and give them opportunistic scenarios. My thing is, Tua does not push the ball down the field. Always keep in mind, I don't care if it's a big-name receiver or not, this is the elite half a percent of athletes in the world that suit up and play in a football game. Even the guys that you don't know their names are better athletes than we've ever dreamed of being. They're all playmakers. They're all playmakers. Get them the ball. They never try to get them the ball. 
if I, so I'm not even saying go make the splash for Watson. That's the obvious thing that I would say. What I'm going to say that I think is a little outside the box is I'm drafting a quarterback at number three. And I'm drafting a quarterback at number three, and I'm letting them compete. There's not a huge kit hit from a salary cap standpoint because I have two quarterbacks under the rookie um, wage, right? So there's not I'm not dishing out more than any other teams with serviceable starters. I'm creating competition, and push comes to shove. Somebody wins. I have a first-round asset that I can get rid of to stack for next year. Well, That's want, what I'm doing. Well, you want to hear what I, what I think they do? I think they ignore both you and me, and uh, they actually go get Watson. I do. Okay. I think uh, what they saw with the Bills – you know, lit fire under their ass, yep. uh, made them a little jealous and envious, and then they th- started thinking to themselves, this was supposed to be us. Brady's gone. We were supposed to be the team. Yep. You know, Josh Allen wasn't supposed to be this good, and I think that creeps in the back of their mind, and then basically gets them thinking, gets them a little anxious, and gets them a little, you know, a little trigger happy and pulls that trigger to get Watson. Awesome. So we dis- we've been disagreeing a lot tonight. I'm yeah. really, I-, I think I'm enjoying this show. All right, so we have a few more teams to cover. I don't even know if we're going to get to all of them, just looking at the clock right now. Um, let's get to uh, but two let's, more. Let's get to this one. Yeah. So I'm leading in with the San Francisco 49ers. Currently on the roster, Jimmy GQ and Josh Rosen. I literally ah, I this is going to be the first. <laughs> this is going to be the first curse that I have dropped in this pod, and I apologize, but I don't give a fuck about Josh Rosen. He is not the answer. He is a certainly. Hey, look, they're not bringing back Nick Mullins. They're not bringing back C.J. Beathard. You, we had him on like a vet minimum, like on our practice squad at the end of the year. Um, we signed him for a one-year contract. He could, may not. I just don't think he's mentally there. I don't think he wants to play professional football, um, etc. So, what they should do is what every team in the NFL should always be doing. And that's why we're having this conversation. If you can find an opportunity to upgrade at the most important position on the field, you go do that. Personally, I felt the opportunity that was in line with the assets that they had was Matthew Stafford. Yeah, but they got blown out of order. They didn't even they yeah. didn't even uh they yeah, didn't yeah, even, yeah. Uh, make an official offer. There was so much smoke around like that we were offering and John Lynch was like uh rubbing elbows like you know like in the, at the senior bowl and, and and what have you. Um but then push comes to shove. I don't know if that was like saving face cuz they didn't get the guy that they wanted, but to me when the minute the Lions announced that they them and Stafford were going to part ways, like they had to mine, be all over that. mine went all like you, you got to make this move, like yeah. you got to get this guy. I do not think Carson Wentz is the answer. I do not think Sam Darnold is a massive upgrade over Jimmy G. Here's my issue: Jimmy G. Availability is the best ability, and clearly over the last two and a half years, he's proven that he's not available. What I can't get out of my mind was his. Per- he played really, really well last year, but that was a full team effort, right? Best defense in the league, like a lot of things. What I can't get out of my mind is when he came to a one-win team in 2017 and lit up some of the NFL's best teams on a five-game streak and looked like one of the best quarterbacks in football, looked like an aggressive quarterback, playing with nothing to lose, granted. So, but what I am saying they should do is they should take every single opportunity to go find somebody they think is an upgrade. I'm not even going to conjecture on who that might be i will please do but i'm gonna say the one name that comes to mind that all 49er fans will hate to hear is go get kirk cousins if you feel that's like your guy kyle shen that was his plan from day one when he came to the 49ers was i will eventually have kirk cousins when contracts play out he trusts him he lets if that's what opens up your because the whole talk is jimmy g limits the offense kyle can't do everything that he wants to do i don't know how much of that is true but what i do know is if that you trust another quarterback out there to do all the things in your playbook 
then go fucking get them. Like, yeah. go get them. Like, what else do you want me to tell you? So that's what I think they should do. I'll wrap with, in a moment, what they will do. But you tell me because we only have a little time here. Yeah, so real quick. Um, yeah, they've been sniffing around quarterbacks, you know, for a while now. Last year was Brady and those rumors. This year was Stafford. But, you know, they're just doing what good franchises is doing. They, you find out you know, how much things cost for numerous reasons. Hey, maybe it's not expensive. We go get that player. Or maybe they're kind of trying to gauge the market for Jimmy G in the future when they do eventually part ways with him. So they've always been sniffing around quarterbacks. And uh, Niner fans come at me, bro. Uh, basically, I'm saying they need to go get Kirk Cousins. And the reason being is because you said the best ability is availability. How many games has Cousins missed the last three years? Zero. All right. So he, he's always on the field. He's better. And, you know, now you're going to say, is he that much better, you know, than Jimmy G? Listen, if he came to uh, San Francisco, he would be a, hot, a tremendous, uh, tremendous upgrade over Jimmy G because he would be better in Shanahan's system than Jimmy G is in Shanahan's system. He'd be performing better with the Niners than he currently is right now with the Vikings. So I don't want to hear the things that, you know, how he's performed in the past. Though coaching, coaching makes a huge difference. And I think if you, you need to get cousins because pretty much for those reasons alone, he'll be better in the system. He has experience. I, 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 Quicker decision making than opposed to Jimmy I, G. You got to go get cousins. I so agree. I so agree. And, and again, the 49er fan base doesn't uh, have that because they're going to kill us. I know. There's nothing sexy about Kirk Cousins. What is sexy to me about him is Kyle Shanahan is an elite play caller. I would challenge you to go back and watch film and watch every single pass play and you will always find at least one person open. If you trust there is somebody out there that you can call all of your plays and can find that open person, I don't care how sexy or unsexy it is, this is your job on the line, figure out a way to go get them. Now, that being said, um, all 49er fans want Deshaun Watson, right? Like all 49er fans want Deshaun Watson. All 49er fans want- It ain't happening. No, all 49er fans want to draft Zach Wilson, right? Like there's just- It ain't happening. Exactly. So what they will do- and I, Lou, I've been saying this to you for months as well. I, I will bring up text. I am documented on this. Jimmy G is the starting quarterback in 2021. They in with the 12th pick overall. I think they're gonna Kyle to me. Like I wouldn't be shocked if they go defensive lineman, but Kyle and John Lynch are always like best available, right? That's the, I think that's the way they really use their their draft. You can never have too many good players, regardless of the position. But if Trey Lance is there at 12. Yeah. I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be shocked if they moved up a little bit, like to nine or 10. I, if I, one I of those can't move up to go get, if it's not Wilson in this draft, if it's not Zach Wilson, if it's not. That's here or there. I agree with I you. I can't go get that person. Listen, I, listen, I 100% agree with you, but they might have a higher, uh, you know, grade than you do on certain, you know, players. Okay. But, uh, yeah, you're right. I, I agree. This is the one time I think we do agree. Jimmy G will be back. Listen. Just because Niner fans are not happy with Jimmy G, uh, guess what? That means nothing. Yeah. All right. So are the coaches as happy? As, as soon as a GM and a coach starts taking advice from some guy on Twitter, they're out the door. Yep. All right. Yep. <laughs> so they ain't listening to, you know, Johnny Blow, you know, at, you know, at I mean, they're whatever. not listening to us. They're not listening to no, the talking li- football podcast. No, they're definitely not <laughs> listening to us. So, right. uh, yeah. And Mike Garofalo even said they're higher in Jimmy G than a lot of people think they are for I, I this year. That. For this year. I believe that. I think they're going to give him one more shot. And uh, and then uh, I we'll see what happens next. I think they're just a smart organization and they understand that it, they're always going to explore every option. I mean, listen, they publicly toyed with the idea of Tom Brady in this offseason. If you can go get better at quarterback and there's somebody else that you want, what other position in the world 
do you want the best player you can get? That's yeah. literally what it boils down to. Yeah. Lou, I think we have time for one more. Yes, yeah, so I'm going to um, do, last but not least, yep. I'm going to do the New Orleans Saints. Um, and uh, right now, who they have under contract is Taysom Hill. Uh, he's the Saints version of Slash. He's basically the white Cordell Stewart. So uh, he can do... You know, do it all, apparently. Not well. If you no, ask me, he's not. He can't. <laughs> they just got to let this guy go. Yeah. Uh, what they should do, uh, listen, they're very limited. There's only $74 million in cap. They're over, they're over the cap by $74 million, so they really can't do too much. A couple things they can do is uh, what they should do. I think they should sign, uh, re-sign Jameis Winston. Listen, he's been in Sean Payton's system for a year. He's going to be relatively cheap. He's going to be thankful for actually to work with a good offensive uh, head coach that can, you know, re, you know, uh, give him like a rebirth of his career. So I think with all those, you know, all those factors, I think this is what you do. You get a Jameis Winston. And let me tell you why you're not drafting a, a, you know, a quarterback towards the end of the first round, because you could probably, if you're lucky, you'll get Mac Jones. If you're lucky, or, you know, you might have to settle for Kyle Trask out of Florida. I don't think Peyton's going to want to go through the the growing pains of a late first round quarterback. The three and thirteen season that's going to yeah. Come I don't think he's going to want to have. I don't think he's going to. They're built to win now. Hasn't done that in a while. Listen, if he has an early draft draft slot, yeah, he'll go through those growing pains, knowing that the ceiling's so much higher. But I don't think he's going to want to do that at all. So I agree with you that the this is the conundrum from for the Saints. They have a roster that is built as such as that they can compete every single year, right? Uh, Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara on the defensive side of the ball, like they're stacked everywhere. Cam Jordan, Latimer. Latimer, um, Latimore, I should say, because I got that wrong last time, actually, with the wrong first name. But that being said, I think they're in no man's land because they don't have that high draft pick. I firmly can tell you that their answer to their quarterback problems is not on their roster. Uh, Taysom Hill... Hey, Sean Payton's really good play caller. Even he can devise a scheme to make it successful for like two or three games to as a stopgap when your all-time quarterback is out with eleven crack ribs. But the reality is, you you can't you can't replicate that over a sixteen-game season, seventeen-game season. Like you just can't do it. Um, I agree that the only option might be bring Jamius back uh, on the cheap. Um, there's only or. Hey, is Matt Jones, Mac Jones available at 28? You know, do I want to draft Kyle Trask at 28 or do I slide back and like let somebody come back into the first round? So I think there's like options, but they really are up Shits Creek without a paddle, if you ask me, for this position alone. The only other thought that I had, and I don't even know if this, I had, Lou, keep me honest here. Bridgewater signed a one-year contract in Carolina, right? No, three-year deal. Three-year deal. Okay, but they can so get out of it, uh, I think, this year with a minimal okay. uh, cap. Well, hit. then then it doesn't work because I, in my mind, and I literally didn't even think about this until we were driving over here, I'm like, okay, familiarity, um, not super expensive. But the main thing that I was looking at was I don't have to give up assets to get him if he's a free agent. So uneducated opinion by me because of if he's under contract and I have to give something up for him. Otherwise, why why would Carolina release? Well, he's clearly on the trading block. They try to they try to dish him off, uh, you know, to get Stafford too. But they pick eight, so they're in quarterback territory if they want to. So there could be a long term upgrade there. So um, what will they do? Okay, so. Once again, I was going back and forth with this. Is this going to be like the modern day Green Bay Packers Brett Favre saga? 
Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Are they going to try to go and lure Drew Brees from retirement and say, hey, give us that decrepit arm, that decrepit shoulder that you have for one more year? You know, what it will do is uh, by re-signing him, maybe you could, uh, you know, soften the caps, the cap hit that, you know, that they're currently under right now. I do think they flirt with that. And I really do think that there's going to be times where you're going to see a lot of reports with that. But ultimately said and done, I don't think they can. I think they go with Jameis Winston because uh, he's, you know, he's going to be cheap. You know, there's already been reports saying that they want to bring Jameis uh, back. And also, uh, Sean Payton has some uplifting words for Winston as well. I know it's lying season, you know, I get that, but I think they, I think Jameis Winston gets a chance to resurrect his career. Again, I'm so torn on this because I just feel like they're, they don't even know what they want to do. They're they're just not in a good spot based on the other roster assets that they have. I think Sean Payton is arrogant enough in his talent development and no his way. play calling ability. I think they roll with Taysom Hill. Oh my right God. I literally, am I saying that's right? Like, that's not what I want to do. I don't, I haven't wanted that guy on a roster for two or three years, you know? Like, I sit in quarterback trade speculation all day long. And when I hear somebody say, let's go trade to get Taysom Hill, um, it just doesn't resonate with me. Um, but, Hey, play callers are, are different people, and you have to have confidence in your skill uh, as well. But that—that's it for us. So, Lou, uh, a, pl- a pleasure wrapping with you yes. around uh, some some um, quarterbacks here. Um, always love getting to spend you know an hour with you at, at the very least once a week. I know we do some prep leading into this, but ultimately, this is uh, we're talking football podcast. Hope everybody has a, a wonderful night, and look forward to chatting again soon, man. All right, take it easy.